This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Letter from the Bureau, a special series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm your host, ST's foreign editor, Bhagyashree Gareka. Now, the letter from the Bureau is like a scenic detour from the news that keeps hitting the headlines. Elections, recessions, wars, all kinds of serious events that impact us. But in this series of podcasts, we talk about life as it goes on amid all the crises. I chat each month with one of the Straits Times correspondents in the Asia-Pacific, the US and Europe, and they share with you their observations and insights on what's unfolding in their batch. In our 23rd episode, we are speaking with the Straits Times China correspondent, Or Chengwei. It's good to have you on the show, Chengwei. Thanks, Bagya, for having me. Okay, so you wrote a very interesting piece recently on China's influencer economy. Firstly, tell us what is an influencer economy? How does it work? Thanks, Bagya, for the question. In China, the idea of an influencer is also known as Wang Hong, mm-hmm. which means internet celebrities. So these people basically have a very strong online presence and they do anything from direct selling to being brand ambassadors. They have, because of their strong following, people tend to be followers and then model themselves after this Wang Hong. Some will go as far as to travel to places where these internet celebrities have taken photos and take similar photos there, boosting travel. While others might see that this person has a very good fashion sense and buy clothes recommended by the person. And of course, snacks is also a very big thing that these uh, internet celebrities promote. So all in all, they tend to promote consumption, which is something that China has been trying to boost because over COVID-19, the long pandemic battle, Chinese economy has been quite badly hit and the government has been very eager to boost domestic consumption. And I think they are succeeding pretty spectacularly because I found out from your story that this is inching up to be a trillion-dollar economy. And I was thinking, wow, that's, I think, almost a third the size of the entire Indian economy, if I got that right. But could you tell us, how do you look at it? What suggests to you the size and scale and scope? And why has it become so huge? So one major factor has been the COVID-19 pandemic, where a lot of people have been cooped up at home. And that has really transformed the way people buy things. So instead of going to brick and mortar shops, they are now looking online to see what are the best deals. Because one thing that these promoters or rather online celebrities promote is that they will find the best deals for you. And because of their strong following, they can sell in bulk, right? So these are things that they have come up during the pandemic that have made this internet celebrity some very strong intermediaries between brands and also the consumers. So it's really a transformation of how people shop that has given me a sense, even for myself, anything that I want to buy. Because sometimes buying can be a very spur-of-the-moment thing, right? So when you go online or when you have an idea, you just search on, say, Taobao, and you quickly find something that you like. And you place an order, the thing comes to you like in two days because of how strong the logistics network is in China. And that has really just transformed how the way people shop, which really is a strong indicator of how it is set to hit this like one3 trillion SGD industry. Would it be a fair description, and not too cruel, to call them, call the Wong Hong celebrity salesman? No, I don't think it's cool at all. In fact, I think it's very much accurate. 
because you they base their business on being influencers that can promote these sales. And of course, companies will then look at how well these sales people are doing, right? To determine if they can be a good ambassador of their brand. So for example, if a company is really small and may not be able to say hire some ambassador to carry their product for the long term, they may engage someone very high profile for a one-time gig to boost their brand and to boost their sales very quickly. And then word of mouth can spread. So essentially, what these people are doing is sales. Right. And typically, what do they earn? How do they earn? What's the model? Oh, it is an industry where perhaps the top tier 1% takes bulk of the profits. We have done stories on how very popular influencers, if you will, can earn basically like they can be a head of a multi-billion dollar empire. Weiya, which is better known as, or rather, Via, but in China, she's better known as Wei Ya. Her real name is Huang Wei. She was fined 1.34 billion yuan for evading tax payments of about 700 million yuan between 2019 and 2020. The massive amount of fine imposed on her, which is the highest ever imposed on a live streamer, basically got people talking about how much she actually earns. So she mm. has, she and her husband rather, has an estimated fortune mm. of 9 billion yuan. So they are at the top oh. tier of that premium. But of course, there are others who treat live streamer as a job and there are companies who hire live streamers at a job. This, these people tend to be very young, very pretty, where they can be in front of a camera and just sell. All they do is just hold live streaming sessions. They tend to be quite poorly treated because they tend to be at the bottom of the ladder. So they earn very little. So some can just be thousands of yuan every month. And considering the amount of work that they put in, it's really quite different from, say, like top tier live streamers like Wei Ya. So wide disparities there. And incidentally, what happened to Weya or Weya? Where is she now? She basically has been wiped off social media. It is anyone's guess as to what she is up to, but at least she's not in jail. So I think that much is clear because there will be publicity about that. There is this culture in China where if you are a celebrity or public person who has been perhaps charged with some misconduct, they tend to disappear for a while. And, you know, this is exactly mm. what's happening to Weiya. I mean, even Fan Bingbing, who escaped tax or rather evaded tax, she took, what, close to a decade or something to the effect to be able to come out of perhaps her own isolation to start appearing mm. at public events. But yeah, I guess she's been given time to repent and reflect, if you will. So since this is such a, so tight to a personal brand, so I guess if she disappears, the whole business kind of collapses or is it being run by someone else? No, in fact, because of the way this business is structured, as you have pointed out, is that really this person has been the face of this entire mm. empire. So when this person is gone, followers tend to then switch very quickly to other online personalities. And you know, it's such a crowded market, right? So there's always someone there's right. always someone ready to take over. Yeah, there is the big risk that if this influencer does something wrong, a lot of the partnerships and a lot of companies may find themselves without someone to carry on the other end of the contract because it's not like someone can step in. Yeah. Cheng Wei, what does it take to get there? How do you become a successful Wong Hong? So I think one guy that I spoke with, he has 6 million fans on TikTok for just playing the piano and singing covers of popular Chinese songs. He basically, his advice was to stick to what he enjoyed and thankfully he found a following. But he was also very cognizant of the fact that there were external factors like he got popular during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
where a lot of people were cooped up at home and feeling very isolated. This mm. then became a very good platform for people to come together and listen to his songs. They feel a sense of community or a sense of camaraderie because everyone's isolated, but because of the fact right. that his songs have given them some comfort and they have all gathered together online, just like an online meeting to, right. to listen and they can then share. So there's some comfort. So there is the personal factor where you are doing something you enjoy, but there's also the idea that you're providing a service to people who are looking for it. So people like Wei Ya and Li Jiaqi, who was also a very popular live streamer, they were known basically for how well they looked out for their followers' interests, people who they were selling the stuff to. So I think um, Wei Ya and Li Jiaqi, I believe, both of them went after the cosmetics giant L'Oreal because L'Oreal was mm. found to offer someone else a better deal than the deal that they were offering their own customers. And L'Oreal had basically essentially promised them that you are having the best deal which to them felt was a betrayal because they wanted to be accountable to their following as well. So mm, it seems like while you pursue what you enjoy doing, you're also doing a service that people find very valuable. And because it's China where the market is extremely big, you can rise to fame very quickly. Right. So it seems like you need to have some talent. You need to be personable, likable. So you can develop a following. And then, of course, you need a certain right circumstances. So I guess in this instance, the loneliness during COVID, which leads to people seeking companionship. So I guess like any other business, there are these external factors and you know, I guess your own personality and drive. But I'm just curious, are there any Wong Hong training schools? Oh, there, there are. Do people learn how to do it? How to do it better? Or Currently, there are two types of schools for influencers there's the one where they train live streamers to do direct sales so these people are engaged by these schools and they go through some training where they know how to smile in front of the camera how to engage in selling tactics how to manage the e-commerce operations the behind the scenes if you will then there are also schools from universities to technical institutes vocational schools that offer wang hong classes that teach their students how to better manage e-commerce because it is part of this e-commerce market that is here to stay, right? So even if you are unable to make it as a Wang Hong in that sense, mm. in the future, if you understand the business, how to operate the systems behind the scenes, your skills are still seen as valuable. So that's why the government has been promoting or rather they started recognizing live streaming salesperson as a profession mm. a couple of years ago. And that is what has encouraged the schools to then follow this idea that, hey, you know what, we can also offer our students classes that are related to this because it's also something that the students are interested in. Yeah. So anything from right. like private schools to like public universities, some of our people can learn how to be a Wang Ho. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now let's get back to my conversation with Straits Times China correspondent, Ocheng Wei. Now, Cheng Wei, when you were researching to write up this article on the Hong Kong, did you get to observe them up close? Can you, for instance, tell us what is it like? What is a day in the life of a Wong Hong person like? So a lot of the Wong Hongs I interviewed were perhaps based out based elsewhere in China. But there was one guy that allowed me to follow him 
in that mm-hmm. sense to do what you usually do on a weekend. And to be honest, it doesn't seem essentially different from how a lot of people spend their weekends. But this guy, no, he's not a professional Wang Ho in the sense that he does this full-time for a living. He actually has a full-time job. He works in an internet company. He spends his weekend looking out for like good cafes, mm-hmm. going to like hip places. But I think the main difference between, say, him and someone who, you know, just regular Joe like myself and what we do on the weekend is that we perhaps don't spend so much time thinking about what to wear and where right. to take photos, whereas they then seem to place an emphasis on this to find the best photos or a new angle, right? To, to shoot mm. themselves at some popular hangout place. Yeah, so I think that's the main difference. They seem to treat this very seriously, which perhaps the regular people like myself would not. And I think that he's not a big time Wang Hong, but he does get some endorsements from very grassroots brands that's from mom and pop shops or like those SMEs. Right. So basically they have to live a screen life and look good, talk smooth, that kind of thing. Yeah, there is this sense that you have to accept that a big part of your life is lived online. I think for regular people, I'd rather, you know, I guess I can only speak for myself. I'm not so comfortable with having my life so much online. But Mm. with internet celebrities, you have to accept that this is a very big part of your life and you do get something out of it, which is attention and money for Wang Hong. Now, the Chinese government naturally monitors the economy very closely. And I'm wondering, how do they view the Wang Hong? I know you mentioned that they've given it recognition of a... It's a profession, right? So they've recognized it as a profession. But how do they look at it? Are they happy with that it's growing like that? Or are they concerned? Is there any trend connected to the Wong Hong that is ringing any alarm bells at this stage? Oh, well, I'm actually really glad you asked this question because it is very closely linked to something I'm currently working on about youth unemployment Ah. in China. Uh, Youth unemployment hit a high in a couple of months ago, 20.4%. So on that note, a lot of young people do want to be Wang Hong. So if you are able to carve out a career for yourself as an internet celebrity or internet salesman, I don't think that the government will be very upset with you. They do think that it Mm -hmm. is a decent profession and if it helps you stay employed, all the better. The government doesn't seem to have a very negative opinion on this industry. They think that it is an important part of the digital economy which they are trying to promote. So that's that. But I think socially or among like in in society, people do question the Mm. value of Wang Hong. So the way our case also basically highlighted or rather exposed some negative opinions people may have of internet celebrities. Because of how much she was earning, a lot of people started questioning what was the true value she brought to society. I think because China is, it moves away from the idea of capitalism or rather it tries to stay true to its socialism slash communism core. In that sense, they mm-hmm. they want people who perhaps earn a very high amount of money to be able to say that this is my contribution to society. But they were unable to, for, in, in Weya's case, they felt like the, her biggest contribution was to encourage people to spend money, which does not really sit well with socialist values, if you will. Or even traditional values. Yeah. Because I think the traditional value in China is thrift. It's yes. not conspicuous consumption. Yes, It's good to be saving and spending wisely rather than spending just because it's the trend. I believe that might be. Yeah, and with COVID-19 pandemic making the, the I think this is a global trend, the people who perhaps were most vulnerable, leaving them even more vulnerable. I think it was not something that perhaps a lot of people would say, yeah, this is something we need right now. 
to to see to to have people spend more in that sense or to encourage a certain level of spending that perhaps others may feel is extravagant. Yes, though of course, I mean the broader economic objective might still be like you say one unemployment, and the second is of course China is trying to cut its dependence on exports and then boost domestic consumption. So this probably neatly ties in somewhere there as well. Yeah, it really depends on the perspective, I guess you think. It does have a value to society. It's just whether people recognize it as a value worth that, worth the tag to it. But people are working hard. I don't think that these internet celebrities, they have an easy job because one thing that keeps coming up is that it's not actually easy to keep coming up with content. It's perhaps a sentiment that you and I are so familiar with with oh yes yes so you know in a sense <laughs> for them they have to keep engaged all the time and in this perhaps era where there's so much information how do you stand out um there is a live streamer mm. recently who died because of excessive drinking he was performing this dance in front of like camera and you know he drank himself to death in front of camera so Tragic. there is that sense that they work very hard too and i guess people should recognize that yeah so now, knowing all that you do, having reported and researched and written extensively, Chingwei, would you consider becoming a wildlife? <laughs> I really don't think I have the chops for that. I, firstly, I, I don't think I, I have that talent to come up with uh, such engaging content all the time. Why? You're, you're very persuasive, you know. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Bagya. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually think that a Wang Hong requires a certain amount of sureness and being on all the time. It also means that if you go out, people might say, hey, you're a public person. They expect things from you. I am quite happy to keep my professional life and personal life separate. Right. So to that end, I don't think that thought really has occurred to me. And as journalists, we have the space to work with, to be able to talk to different people, to come up with content that I hope that, that we hope is engaging to a wide variety of people and as a journalist I get to come in touch with many topics but to be honest as a celebrity I just feel that I have to love myself so much that I can <laughs> make everything for myself I, I don't mean to discourage that because I do think I, I've come to admire people who can do things I cannot myself in the center of everything even with all these brands attached to me it's something I don't think I can do <laughs> well yes to each his own, I guess. Yes, very much so. On that note, it's a wrap from Letter from the Bureau. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And if you'd like to read Cheng Wei's column, we have a link for you in our podcast description box. You will also find there a link to other stories in our Letter from the Bureau series. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.